Episode 38 of Slam City. It's Raymond Moore here. It's Mr. Mech on Slam City, of course, Dog360. Uh, we just, it's funny, before we started the show, we were watching, uh, we actually listening to the interview of Stephen A. and LeVar and Max Kellerman on first take, and it's pretty funny that, that when he, that whole interview. Shout out to Molly. Yeah, shout out to Molly as well. It's funny, though, that whole interview that Stephen A. was, like, saying blasphemous, and are you kidding me? Who's wrong with this guy? Like, literally every time, because this guy just, LeVar says all these ridiculous he, comments. That makes you ask, what's wrong with you? Like, most of his comments garner the response, what's wrong with you? It doesn't make any sense, dude. Like, I, I mean, it makes sense. I get it, but... I mean, is he? I know he's promoting his son, and we know that, you know, he thinks he's better than Stephen Curry. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. he believes that. I, I honestly, honest to God, I do not think he believes the things he says. I think he says these things because the goal is to get his boys rich. I think any anything he needs to do inside of that pocket to that end is uh, cool. That's acceptable. I don't think he actually believes the stuff that comes out of his mouth. But do you think if the kids want to be rich, they just got to play well on the court? Like, isn't that the only that's the only explanation you can have in terms of them playing at a high level? They can get the money then. Nah, because not everyone who plays well gets the endorsements. You know what I mean? Like, what commercials have you seen for Kawhi Leonard? I always saw one, to be honest, but that was like... That's my whole point. Yeah, like, you know, you, and, and Kawhi Leonard is quietly one of the top three players in the league right now. Probably the best two-way player in the game besides LeBron. So, but you don't see a lot of endorsements. You know, is not knocking down his door. I don't see a shoe with his name on it, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, it's not really about talent to, to bring endorsements. It's about, you know, celebrity, charisma. And Kawhi Leonard is a quiet, quiet player. He doesn't care about that, so he just wants to play and, and win. Who's who's the most who's the who's the highest paid point guard on on the um Well, Oklahoma City? Uh no not 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 OKC. you think this dude makes more than them? Over on um the Grizzlies. Oh Mike Conley, yeah. Right. What commercials have you seen him in? Now, granted, he's making money hand over fist with his contract. He's injured. He's injury prone too. Right, but you don't see him with you don't see him with any big endorsement. I couldn't tell you if you played his voice right now off your computer, I wouldn't know that that was him. You played him and like three other people and told me pick out Mike Conway. I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't know who that is. His goal is to get his son's notoriety. Now the problem is, you can have too much skill and not enough notoriety. Right? Yeah. That'll 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 work out for you. Kawhi Leonard is proof of that. Mike Connolly is proof of that. Mm-hmm. What you can't have is too much notoriety and not enough skill. That doesn't work out. You can't be an overpaid dude because then you're a bust. Then no matter what you do, you're not living up to the to the paycheck and the hype. You're just all hype. Like uh what was that football player? Remember him? Which one? Uh, he's he the Boz or Something like that. Biz, Boz, what was his name? Which which team? Blonde dude. He used to wear like these sunglasses all the time. He was like super hype. This is back. This is a back in the day though. This is my grand. This is my father's day. Like he was dumb hyped. He even did movies. But then he hit the field and he was like a complete bust. It's it's a pure case. It doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah. But you, oh no, who am I kidding? You have dudes who go number one in the draft. Yeah. That's a lot of hype by itself. And then they come out. And they become, you know, the number one pick for the Toronto Raptors. 
And and then what happens to him? Like you know what I mean? Not in the league anymore. You you have dudes who completely and totally wash out. Kwame Brown. Exactly. I was oh, that was that God. was the next one. God. So you can be overhyped and not produce, right? Yeah. You can't be overproductive and, and that being overproductive and not being hyped, that won't hurt you as much as the other way around. You don't want to go out of the league as a as a bust. Like What's this dude? Eddie Curry got a ring on my in Miami. Yeah, I know. Hands down a bus player, right? Yeah. Hands down. Couldn't stay consistent. Weight jumped up and down. Was always overweight. You know what I mean? Couldn't produce consistently. Defense was shoddy. He walked out with a ring. Now, in the goal of an NBA player, a ring is like that's it. That's supposed to be what they're all playing for is a championship. He's got a championship. No one's ever going to mention him except to say, Yo, that dude was like the biggest burger ever. Like he was he was hands down one of the biggest burgers. You can't even put him in the Odom category because Odom just got hurt. Yeah. Odom just got hurt. If he hadn't been hurt, like he was playing up to his potential, he just got hurt. He just had injuries and couldn't maintain. He was basically the LeBron James of the Lakers, Odom, because he could have he could have passed, assist, rebound, score, yeah. small four, power four, whatever. He could defend almost all the positions. He, he his he, only problem was he got hurt. Yeah. So he'll he'll never he'll be seen as the biggest bust in the NBA strictly because of the money. But would you say it though? Because he did win a title with them. But that's one. But it's only because of the money. Like if if when for people who watch the game and really get into it, yeah. Eddie Curry is a bigger bust than him because Eddie Curry's downside was Eddie Curry. He wasn't hurt. He couldn't stop eating. <laughs> you came back overweight. Know. Like you couldn't stop yeah. eating. You couldn't. You you didn't. You were lazy. Nobody wants to hear that. You just got paid and got lazy. What about Andrew Bynum? Because he was a guy that we, we even in the league, he was supposed to be like the best center in the league. And then some, for some reason, he, injuries happened. I think his work ethic wasn't as serious as it was before. And, and then the Lakers, they just let him go. Of course, they traded him for Dwight Howard. But then everybody said that was a bad trade at the time because Bynum was probably the best center in the league. But yeah. if you look at it, yeah. it was kind of like a, a, a it, solid it, trade. It was a good trade. It, yeah. I think the Lakers made out. I think they knew something about Bynum that – they didn't tell anybody else, and I I always felt like Bynum's problems were psychological. What what would be your definition of a bust, though? In my opinion, I think somebody who's a bust is somebody who's either drafted in the top ten in the first round and doesn't live up to their potential. Yeah, and sounds about right. Because, but it depends on it depends on how they don't live up to their potential. Are injuries catching up with them? Did something happen to them? Were they in like a car accident or like did you find out they got some degenerative heart defect? It has to be something out of their control. You dig what I mean? It yeah. can't it can't be something that it can't be something that they could have helped and didn't. It's gotta be something out of their control. Like Odom, I don't consider Odom a bust because that was completely and totally out of his control. He was playing out of his mind before he got hurt. So I don't consider him I he is a bust because of the money. And because he never got a chance to go all the way, yeah. trailblazers never. He never got a chance to go all the way, but he never got a chance to. You know what I mean? He didn't do that yeah. to himself. Eddie Curry did that to himself. Baryani basically did that to himself. Yeah, that was terrible. Like Kwame Brown, you did oh. that. You, dude, you you got Kobe Bryant with you. How do you not learn? How do you not improve? How do you <laughs> not get better? How do you not just go get with Kobe <laughs> oh Bryant and and get all the lessons you can? How do you not just watch that guy in practice nonstop? And improve. 
But what a you know it's funny you, you look at that that whole bus thing and then you look at a guy like uh, um, Raymond Felton who was in the, like probably top ten two in that draft class, and he was like you know he's a solid player still. But I don't think he's a bust though. And then you look at another player uh, in that Darren Williams in the same draft class with Felton. I mean Darren Williams a, a, a bust because he didn't win a championship. Or just because he he was always injured and, and I think I you know like what is like I think his something? injuries I think his injuries took a toll on him. Like I said, it's got to be something out of your control. And Carmelo could, Carmelo Anthony. He's not a bust though. Uh, but neither uh, Kevin Durant. Not a um, bust. Chris Paul. Not None last, of them have rings. I think Chris Paul overachieved. None of them have rings. Yeah. You dig what I mean? But yeah. you don't consider them bust players when they make franchise money when they make um. You know when they when they get max contracts, nobody's like, "Are you crazy? Are you kidding yeah. me?" Nobody does that when you mention those guys and you say max player. Nobody, nobody ever. Meanwhile, has Ray Allen ever had a max contract? No, he's always taking pay cuts. One of the best shooters in the history of the game. Got two rings, made the clutch shot, one of the clutch shot in NBA history. Never, no endorsements like that. No, no big commercials. No fancy deals. No, no max contracts. One of the most respected shooters ever in like the history of the game. So, no one's considering him. You can't consider him a bust. You dig what I mean? Yeah. What about? Well, I'm gonna say Kobe because Kobe was drafted 13th, but he got traded to the Lakers too. And well, Kobe's to me, a phenom. To me, Kobe overachieved yeah. in his position. Kobe's because, a phenom. Yeah. Because no one expected him except Jerry West to be this great. He actually, because West, even before he drafted him, said about this kid being a great player based mm-hmm. on his work and baseball, what he does. So he took a chance on it. And, you know, it took about two or three years before Kobe finally hit that stride where he became great. And 20 years later, Kobe is being argued as one of the greatest Lakers of all time. He probably is the greatest Laker. And in the, in, in the conversation to be had of the top five best NBA players of all time. I put him in the ten though. I don't know about He's that. in my ten, but yeah. I'm saying like yeah. when when people bring him in the number when people bring him into the top five, yeah, it's a legit argument. Like you have to find guys who go before Kobe, and it gets it gets a little muddy from place yeah. to place when you start matching stats and <laughs> championships and all that other stuff. It gets a little muddy. Kobe, one time I saw he was on he was on some clip. And he said, "Don't forget who I am, boy. There's only three better than me." And he, he like rattled. He think he said like Wilt. Mike and Magic, it might have, Magic. It, but yeah, he said somebody else, but he was like, "That's it." He's like, "Then there's me." So you know, all I'm saying is there are certain people, that, and to come all the way back to Lavar, um, yeah, because it's all leading up to a Lavar. Because I want to, your son has to live up to this stuff that you're doing. Because he's gonna be top five. Hmm? Guarantee you, he's gonna be top five. Yeah, but even after that, like I'm not thinking about the draft because his his father is making enemies. Or, or ruffling feathers. I'm not enemies because I don't think anybody really cares about him to be his yeah. enemy. But you're ruffling feathers outside of the NCAA. You're ruffling feathers in the NBA. You're mentioning legends, people who walk around with a lot of respect on their name. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Jason Kidd, Steph Curry. Like, you're really wilding out. And there, there are people who are just not going to feel that. And those are the people who make decisions. Those are the people who are in charge. Yep. You're you're insulting people's idols, and you're doing it for no reason. That's when I'm talking. That's that's when that busting comes through. Because how are you gonna live up to your potential if 
you don't get the ball passed to you. This, because I feel like the father is setting the bar for his kid to be better than Michael Jordan. Right. And, and that's really too high for a 19-year-old who's going to be drafted top three, the Boston Celtics, Lakers, or whatever, and he doesn't live up to them, then they're going to look at the father. They'll go back to the father saying he said all this, and it's going to make him look bad. And he's, he's now granted, he's got his whole career to do it. Yeah, he's got like a, probably a good 15 years. Right. But if he if he turns out Raymond Felton, yeah. you know, Bargnani, I don't think he's yeah. ever going to be, I don't think he's going to be Bargnani, but, <laughs> but those people have gone top of the, and okay, let's keep it all the way 100. Bargnani is not the worst player I've ever seen. He was the AKA tank tank commander for the Knicks when they were losing games. Right. Did he deserve to go number one, though? No. At the time... I mean, at the time, probably. Exactly, but... You change it around History yeah. proves you wrong. It's yeah. it's not... it's not. There's no right or wrong until after the fact. You can... The draft is all potential. The draft is what I think this guy has the ability to do throughout his career and the impact I believe he has the ability to make on the game as a whole for whatever team chooses him. That's what the draft is. The draft is not a promise. The draft isn't, I swear this guy is going to be blah, 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 blah. That's not how that works. So if so, your boy goes number one, um, okay, so now what? That, that does, that's not guaranteeing anything. He can, he can land on team after team after team, and they tank and tank and go terrible, 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 terrible. Like, he, he could not fit in. His teammates might not like him. He could walk in there and try and take over, and everybody's like, man, you, you don't sit your little ass down. What the hell's your problem? Yeah. Your father ain't here. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I can see that happening very easily. So who knows? All this nonsense his father's creating may make it just harder, that much harder for him to gel with his teammates. All, all I know is, though, looking at this kid and seeing him play through this tournament, I'm kind of impressed because... He's really controlled on the court. Doesn't look pressure. Doesn't look phased. Mm-hmm. He takes his time. Passes the ball. Makes the extra pass. Shoots when he has to shoot. This guy, to me, and I heard from radio shows too about how he looks. He's like Jason Kidd. He is kind of like Jason Kidd, but with the shot. He's basically like a Jason Kidd and Curry combined with the shot. Mm-hmm. Can, right. His shot smart. doesn't look like Curry. Doesn't look like it, but the way it flicks off of his wrist and he makes it in the three, or whatever, it looks nice. It's not as fast as Curry's. It's though. not as fast, no. Curry's is probably the fastest in, in, in the NBA history. Curry, Curry gets off a shot. Because he palms it. With so it, yeah. It's not the, the fingertips. It's usually the palm. Right. You guys can't see it, though, but it's like basically the palm, and he just palms it up there. That's like, the only good. person I've seen shoot get get off shots faster than that was... Um, Ray Allen? Back in the day. Yeah. Ray Allen and... When, uh, he, had the, when he had the shot. Like he, Ray, Gilbert he, Arenas had a pretty quick shot. People forgot that Ray Allen, before he started to be a catch-and-shoot type of play, he was actually a guy who could create. Like literally, yeah, like he, yeah. he could create his own shot. Literally, that's why he has that flick of a wrist over there, mm-hmm. and he could dunk on people. Like one of the memorable dunks I remember when he was in Milwaukee Bucks was a dunk where he he was like that. He was hanging in the in the air, put the dunk up. He just went down. Like he's he was athletic. He just he just switched up his game. Yeah. He found what worked for him. I mean, and... you adjusted. When you get older, you adjusted. You you know what you're good at, so he did that. But you know, going back to Lonzo Ball, if they don't win this tournament. Uh, the whole UCLA, then the file's gonna go probably hard on the media or probably hard in, in public, saying the coach stinks and this and, and, and that. that that will that will absolutely bury his credibility. Yeah, you go if you blame anyone, 
even if it's the team's fault, it has to be blatantly the coach's fault. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It can't just be that they got outplayed by somebody else. It's got to be blatantly the coach's fault. Like the coach played Lonzo too many minutes or yeah. or sat him down too early and then bring him back in on time. Like that's it's got to be something that's almost unmistakably the and, coach's fault. And, and not only that, though, like the elegant these games, they've been close. Like in the beginning, they, they've been slow. Like the team going off slow, they're down by three or whatever. And I'm thinking, well, it might be one of those tight games. And this team's not really a good defensive team. They may be historically great offensively, but if we learn anything from college in the past couple games I've been watching, is that defense wins the games? Games, period. So, yep. can they, they are they good enough defensively to stop a good team like Gonzaga or or even the North Carolina those teams? Because if they don't can't stop them, and they could score whatever, then they, they got a problem. So you shoot up. They 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 ha- they're gonna have issues. Period. It's not a cakewalk. Like he's. If you listen to father, to the father tell it, yeah, it's a cakewalk and it's anything but. Everybody else who watches the games is sitting there like, "Are you serious?" Because, you know, these guys over here look like they're gonna, and then there are those dudes over there, and they look like. Well, then don't don't forget about those guys coming over. Remember those dudes in the, in the, with the with uniforms with the blue? Yeah, man, it's yeah. gonna be. In, so, I, I'm not I'm not really. I just think his father's. You can't tell me that all of these things are for his kids' benefit. Maybe sometime in the future we'll find something, find a way to make a connection, and he will appeared. He will have been smarter than he appeared to be. But I'm not right now. I'm not really buying this. Comments on LeBron James though on the Suns saying that they won't live up to you know their potential because of their dad's shadow. I don't think that was a smart thing to do because. Not only are you angry with LeBron, because you know LeBron's like one of the most sensitive people in, in, the, in the world. If mm-hmm. anything, you comment about anything, he starts to take it personal and go attack you or whatever. But, I mean, history does tell you that the father, he's better than the son, or he's like an all-time great. The son doesn't really, you know, go up to like his father. Right. I mean, you look at Kobe's dad. Kobe's dad wasn't great. He was, he was okay, but the son was better. Uh, Del Curry, he's a good three-point shooter. Stephen Curry's better. Uh, Clay Thompson's father, same thing. Tom, there, there, they, there are they, other, there are other examples of of the opposite. Patrick Ewan's son. That's true. Didn't really, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw him play one amazing game for the Knicks, and then never heard from him again. No. Nah. Um, Mason Junior's like Mason Junior, uh, Hardaway's son. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's examples of it going the other way where they're just not quite as good as Dad was. Um, my thing is, what if he decides he don't want to play basketball? That too. What if he graduates college, wins it, wins the tournament, and walks away like, okay, I'm good. Like you know, my dad set me up with like this nice little business account, and I'm gonna go start some businesses. That's what I really want to do. I'm going into sports management, or mm-hmm. I think it could be a good job in that too. I think he can do. The kid can do it. He's twelve. He's got like probably he probably has the richest person in the world, one of the greatest leaders apparently according to Fortune. LeBron's like number eleven of the greatest leaders. He's twelve. Yeah. All right. He's twelve. Like, that's my biggest problem with LeVar. Dude, you're 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 critiquing a twelve year old. Really? Really? He's twelve. You worried about criticism on your son who's old enough to get in the bars, drive a car, and 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 you know, Going to the military, buy nudes, 
and you're critiquing a 12-year-old. Like, you're worried about the potential of a 12-year-old. Your son is out there playing now. Why don't you look over there and figure out what that's, you know, this ain't got nothing to do with a 12-year-old. I can understand if, Le- if LeBron's son was in the tournament with LeVar Ball's son. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. You're matching up marquee names. Yeah. You're creating a little rivalry. You're trying to, you know, you're stoking the fire. I get it. He's 12. He's 12. He's already getting, like, promise letters coming in from colleges, though. So I don't know if any of your sons had that happen. You might want to chill. I mean, his sons are good, but, you know, we'll see how, how it goes with, with them. And even LaMelo, one of the other sons that's supposed to be coming in college, I think, next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But, you know, switching topics here is in the same thing in the NBA. Talk about these resting player situation. Because the whole talk's been... About well, you know, LeBron and the whole crew rested against the Clippers last Saturday. Then you know, a few Saturdays ago, Curry and the Warriors they did the same thing, and a lot of people have been complaining about the whole resting on national games and not on more of the scrubby games like the Lakers or the Seventy Sixers. And then, basing on the schedule that the coaches decided to do that, the owners are being warned by by Adam Silver saying. This has to stop, basically, because it's hurting the brand and it's hurting the market. He's to, right. To me, I, I see it as a way of this generation where we are in is pretty much soft because you see healthy players now resting and pretty much maybe they're being smart because they want to be rested up for the playoffs or they just don't care about their fans at all and they just care about themselves. And to be honest, it should be the other way around because the fans pay a lot of money to, to see their star or see a star in particular be on display, watch them p- perform at a high level, and then when they find out that they're not playing, they become sad, wasted all that money, the thousand or two thousand for tickets. Or travel time yeah. and took a day off of work. Yeah, or tra- it'll go all the way from one. And they don't announce that they're not sitting. They that they're sitting these guys until it's too late. Yeah, because and they, then they don't give you a refund. And these schedules are like in advance, like at least a year or whatever in mm-hmm. advance to, to buy a ticket for that specific day. It's just a problem, and it has to stop. I mean, this league is soft because of that. I don't remember any of the players that I grew up watching or that I admired sitting out for anything other than an injury. Yeah. Period. I mean, that, that's that's reasonable. Allen Iverson sat down because he was hurt, and I remember a commercial where they listed his injuries. Yeah. The man was... Made out of metal, you know what I mean? Like he played through, he played through a lot. That's actually horrendous a, injuries. This is important NBA Finals, I believe. I think my brother and I, he told me about this that I guess the Lakers he had like a sprained knee, this and that, bruise on, like yeah, yeah a lot was, of it was, things. It was like a commercial. They, yeah. they, did a, they did a whole Reebok commercial where he yeah. was sitting on the table and he just ran down a list of everything that was hurt, and he still played. And then at the end of the commercial, he opens his eyes and says, "Time to go to work," and he gets off the table and walks to the walks to the court. Kobe Bryant snapped his Achilles. And he still and shot throws. two three throws. LeBron gets a cramp and <laughs> needs to be carried to the bench. <laughs> he gets a cramp. <laughs> I think with I think this conversation is over. What what bothers me about it? What really bothers me yeah. about it? Listen, okay. The first person I saw sit and rest players was uh, Popovich. Yeah, but he did it because they're old. Yeah, that that was my exact point. Yeah. He was resting Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, 
and 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 uh Duncan. Jonobi and Parker are old like thirty whatever because they've been playing since they were like sixteen years yeah, old. Late 30s, yeah, late thirties. He rested those three guys. It was an insignificant game for them. Yeah. They could take it off and, and rest up, no problem. We're talking about you're resting prime time players. Stars. Stars, marquee stars during marquee matchups and marquee markets. You're telling me that you don't care about the fans. These are the these are the teams that, and and let's not forget the Spurs aren't even that exciting to begin with. They are, they just win. Like they just win, but yeah. they're not exactly, you know, box office. They people don't care. people aren't showing up yeah. to they're not really exciting. So Popovich is doing it it really wasn't that big of a deal because you're sitting down three of the most non-personality Stars we have three of the most non personality all stars we've ever had. And I, and to be honest, if I wish we had players like that on the Knicks, because I don't really care about the whole thing. I just want to win games. Like you look at the Yankees and how they win championships, and I know they have stars, but the Yankees' goal has always been win the World Series, right? Whatever, whatever it takes. So what What bothers me about this whole thing is now the league is entertaining conversations about shortening the season. Yeah, I don't understand that. Why? So these dudes are so soft. I got to put up with less basketball? Really? But this is what I understand, though. You you look at, you say you want to shorten the league, but you you had a week of of rest after the All-Star break. Like, literally, like, four or five days off before you get back to action. You you have the summer to to rest. Mm -hmm. And teams who don't make the playoffs, you have, like, an extra two or three months to rest. Like, I don't know how much rest do you need. But it has to stop. Either you you gotta rest like a whole, you have to have in your schedule. You rest for one month only, where you do nothing but just rest, 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 and then you get back to to, to playing basketball. Because it just tells me that you're not taking advantage of these days. You're doing something on those days that you're playing. Or but tell the care. coach, tell the coach to adjust the rotation, shorten your minutes up. Like oh. it, I don't I don't really see this as where you're not playing at all. You're bugging. You're you're sitting on the you're sitting on the sideline. Drinking water, eating cookies, like chopping it up and laughing and joking. Nah, bro, nobody, nobody, nobody's here for that, but, man. Well, look what Hornets coach Steve Clifford said. He said, you know, it's easy for me because I'm working for an owner who doesn't believe in wrestling players, hence Michael Jordan. And I also have an associate head coach who will kill me if I started doing that, Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. And you look, the climate in this league has changed. This is 17 years in the NBA for me, but 17 years ago, nobody want to have thought about sitting out. He's had two or three dinners with Patrick Ewing and Jordan. And when he talks to him about that, he's like, they don't understand that. What does that mean? Like, rest players. Yeah. Because they want, because if you're an athlete, you, you have this, you, first of all, you have this contract, you know, you're making a lot of money. They chose, You're not giving the money back on the days you don't play. Yeah, they chose you or the franchise or drafted you to be part of their team. You you have this opportunity to play a, a game that has been a kid's sports game where a lot of kids want to be stars, and it's hard to be in the league, of course. And you're taking advantage of it when you should be blessed about it because you're playing – this is a professional league, and your professional career, making a lot of money, doing whatever you want to do, and you get to play what you want to play because you love playing it, and then you're taking breaks. My my thing is, okay, at the end of the day, the Jordan-LeBron conversation is officially over. Yeah, that's it. It's a fit, like, even if the finals and the points scored, I don't ever want to hear LeBron mentioned in the same sentence as Jordan or even Kobe Bryant for that matter. I don't care how many rings LeBron gets. 
don't even mention you in the same category as, as Allen Iverson as far as I'm concerned. You can't put your name next to none of those dudes because none of them took days off to just kick it. None of them said we need rest. None of them was sitting there on the bench clowning while everybody was playing. They suited up and played every game. Until they were hurt and had to sit down, they played every game. And you sitting here talking about rest. Yeah. To the point where we're so soft and these dudes are, these dudes are so soft and the game has become so packed with entitled players that they're actually considering lessening the season. Why is this such a hard thing for you? When when it wasn't such a hard thing for Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Charles Barkley and, exactly. and Oakley and Starks and, and, and Reggie Miller and, and Allen Iverson and, and Kobe Malone. Bryant and Carl Malone and and, and Dominique Wilkins, like, why is it so hard for you? Where did what happened to you that didn't happen to all these other guys? Will you have more technology now, more more uh, better doctors, better staffs, better health staff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your diet is better. You've improved on all these other things. You know all these things to do to keep yourself going. How did how did it get so difficult for you compared to the '90s and '80s when things were like in the dark ages, technology wise? Now you got all this technology to keep you up and running and you need rest you tired what happened I mean, when did you become so soft you look at players like russell washburg john wall and harden saying like you know hearing all that that stuff like listen i'm here to play basketball i love what i want to do i want to play i don't want to rest i mean wall he had injuries in the past but he even said it that if it weren't for the injuries he'd be playing like he doesn't care if he's hurt or he has a bruise he'll be playing <laughs> And, and to be honest, if I was in the league and I, I was playing, I don't want to rest either. I mean, I got breaks and days off. I will know how to monitor my schedule knowing I got to take a rest. If I have a rest day, I, I have intensive treatment to recover quickly for the next game and all that. Right. It's just commitment. And, and I would love to, to do that. And I know that you can't compare it to baseball. And, you know, how baseball is 162 games and those players play almost every single day and have like one day off within three weeks or whatever. But baseball really... It's just like more. It's not a fast moving sport. Yeah, it's more just standing. Unless you're a pitcher that that throws a lot, you know, they have every five days to rest, of course, for the next start. And yeah, and then they're gonna rotate you in and out. Yeah, most players, like even on the field, they just mostly stand most of the time for the ball and hit. Right, we're not talking about a very strenuous. Yeah. Game. I mean, soccer. I mean, really, it's one game a week because they these guys run like ten miles a game. And it's nonstop. You can get cramped. You get injured. Injured almost any moment in the game. Right. And then you look at football, football. It's physical every game. And the reason why football players complain is because they don't really have a lot of time to to, to recover right. from, from hits. Which, and all if that. they stretched out their season, yeah, if their season was longer, they didn't have to pack it all in the sixteen games. Maybe they, you know what I mean? Maybe if they had more time off to rest, and you know, there you go. But I don't want to. I'm I'm not with shortening the season because these guys are wimps. But this is what I would do if if they really want to have this whole resting thing. This is what I would do. I will eliminate back-to-back games, at least, like, make it only two or three for the entire season for each team. And every other game will be either a day off or two days off. I'm, I'm with that. Because that's the only way I, I see it that these players won't rest, that they'll actually play these games. And if anything, coaches were smart. They were they were actually rest their stars in practice. So they don't have to practice. I mean, if you're, if, if you're like a 13-year veteran or a 14-year veteran or even LeBron, just don't practice. You know, just, just play your game and, 
and all, or all shorten the, up the rotations. And that too, they you, don't need to play. If you know these are your stars and they, you see them wearing down, keep it to fifteen minutes. That too. That, let them take a quarter off. That's another idea too. Actually, that's a good idea because if you, if let's say these uh, fans they pay a lot of money to watch the star, which and, they do, and and they want to play like 10, 15 minutes. At least they stall the star. You know, right? At they, least they, they saw them. something. They, yo, sit them down. They don't. Have, they don't need to play the whole game. They don't need to play a couple minutes every. Sit them down. No big deal. How about they don't? How about they don't start the f- the first quarter? How about they don't come in until the second? Yeah. Or how about they start the first quarter, then they sit out half the second quarter. Then depending on how it goes, you bring them back. Maybe if you're already up, you don't have to. And then everybody plays in the fourth quarter. Boom. Period. Here's another idea too, and I heard this from last year's show on Fox Sports and everything. But I, I, this idea of of let's say. You let you determine the record of facing somebody in the playoffs, whether it's like Washington or the Raptors, that's in the first round, and it's on national. Most of the games were on national television, like three or four of them, right? And Washington wins the series against them because they play all their players, and the Raptors rested them. So let's say Washington was the number fifth seed, and the Raptors are the fourth seed. Washington would get home court advantage because they beat it in the series mm-hmm. uh, three out of four times. Mm-hmm. So then you could say that if the Cav and the Rockets are same man in the finals and the Rockets won two out of the three series against them on national television, then the Rockets, even with a less record than the Cavaliers, would, would have home, home court, court advantage in the finals. And that will work because that will make players want to, stars want to play on national television against those specific teams because when they meet in the playoffs, then they don't have to be the one on the road or on home court advantage of that. That's not I'm a bad told, idea. There's, there's tons of ideas outside of shortening the season, which is why the idea of shortening the season aggravates the hell, hell out of me. And I don't so think bad. they should shorten the season. I mean, if other players in the past have done it, why can't this That means you do can it? do it. That means you can do it. And, and LeBron sounded super obnoxious and arrogant when he was talking about, well, there's nothing the league can do. Popovich did it, and then he's like, "That's the smartest thing he's ever done." So why don't we? You know, people, because I did it. People are going hard about me. And yeah, because you're a wimp, dude. Like you're a wimp. You're supposed to be the face of the league right now, when you're a wimp. Because you rested for a Clippers game, but you didn't rest it for a Lakers game when it should have been the vice versa. Right. You should have rested for the Lakers game and play in the Clippers you're, game. You're oh, and you're being a wimp. This is you being a a complete and total weenie. This is wimp status. And the, the faces of the league have never done this. Jordan was an Iron Man. Kobe was an Iron Man. The dudes who have been the greatest, they played. And you're the first one who's wimping out. You're also the first face of the league I've ever seen flop. So that's that's something else. Wait, here's another idea. I just, I just love having all these ideas for this whole wrestling situation. Let's say they don't play a national game. The check that they're supposed to get on that game, you doubled the, the fine. And let's see if they actually want to play. So if it's like five hundred thousand dollar check, let's say they have to play for that game, it will be a million dollars they get off their. T- they don't get anything. That's your fine. They gotta pay. They gotta pay one million dollars for not playing for not. I would. Showing I would up. say you just you just lose your bread. I would say you just don't get your money. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fine them for it. Oh, you I would say you yeah, just don't get the. Yeah, bread. you just you get the get money. It. You don't get the check. And it, and if you do that, then it'll be it'll be so much better because then players will actually will want to play on national television. Mm-hmm. Fines will could work. There's so many ways. There's so many ways it could work. But the one thing that I know is this: resting players in this league, it has to stop. Because the one thing I know is that you're a superstar in this league. 
you make a lot of money. I mean, you got billboards, you got endorsements, you, you make connections almost on a, on, on a daily basis with your team. And you disappoint the fans, you disappoint the brand, and it's going to take a hit. Because eventually, fans, what they're going to do, they're going to boycott the games. And I know they, they, they want to go to these games, and they want to look at the stars, and, and they don't want to be the ones that be like, hey, look, I didn't go to this game because this guy didn't show up. So I'm just not going to show up until they show up. But the, the players they probably don't care because they got these contracts, these guaranteed contracts making millions, um, probably billions in the future. And it doesn't just make a difference for them. I mean... What's going to stop the players from actually want to be playing on national games and not resting? The schedule, of course. And we talked about that before, about ideas of, you know, two or three back-to-back games for, for each team for the whole season. And it will have to be, like, in the middle of the season or in December and, like, February and then April or something like that. And every other day is one day or two days off. So, basically... What we have to do is you have to really extend the season starting in September and then eliminate the preseason, maybe like two or three games only in the preseason. Start the season up in early October because that's the only way you get extended to an 82-game season. And then that way you have a rest day or two. But one thing's for sure, though. Silver issued that warning. Let's see if the players respond because, you see, I said before about Steve Clifford, the head coach of the Hornets, saying that he talked to Hewing and Jordan, and they're like, you know, they've never heard of this. And then you look at Malone, who who pretty much said it to Sage Steele, if you don't have at least 10 years' experience, get your bleep playing. It's not working. It's called playing. Besides, tell our underpaid service members of police and first responders to rest. They can't. And he's talking about in today's society. I mean, you look at firefighters, policemen, Doctors, people who work in hospitals. Don't even get me started on people who work in hospitals because those people in hospitals, they do a they do a lot of work every day. They barely get a week a, a week day off, but they also work on the weekends. I mean, tell me if you're a, a amateur, not average Joe worker, right? Who works at you know pretty much an office Monday through Friday to do nine to five and all this stuff. And then one day they call their boss and say, "Well, I need a rest day because I'm tired <laughs> of all this work and everything." And then I'm like, "Why would the boss in his mind be like, why am I giving you a break because you're tired? I mean, you work Monday through Friday, you're not working on the weekends. You either gotta make it up on the weekends if you miss this day because you're working five days a week and you're losing money." Right. And then you get all the people like who have part-time jobs, who who barely came and miss a day. Because they're only working like two or three days a week. I, I will say, regular folks, nine to five adults, I have seen mental health days. I have seen people take a mental health day every once and again where if you're under a high stress, a high stressful job, it, you know, you take a mental health day just to kind of reset yourself. But NBA players are not moving on the same schedule as a nine to fiver. They're not, but, not, not even remotely but close. But they have all these, these, these trainers, these doctors, the, 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 the That's the other part of it. Yeah, that's they, the they other part of it. They have more perks than everybody would ever dreamed of. Yeah, right? no, no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying yeah. is, as a nine to five dude, you're up in the office at nine, you're and you're five. not getting off till five. Yeah. 
That's eight hours. They're not playing basketball for eight hours. They have one game day. One game day. The earliest game I've ever been to was like noon, <laughs> like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. You play for like four hours and then Good that's luck. it. That's it. The whole night, the whole you basically have the whole night and the whole day. Now I'll put you in this case though. I mean, guys like police officers and firefighters, they probably have like they work a shift, but sometimes it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. Us being journalists or publicists, whatever, we our schedules vary because we may have this shift, but then we have other things on the side where it might be an emergency or we have to go to an event after our shift mm-hmm. or or a sh- or you know a game or whatever we're covering. We get home like at ten or eleven, and that's mm-hmm. different because pretty much. Most of the time, we're working at home. Some some jobs, they don't work at home. They just work in the office, and they go home and do whatever they want to but do. But once they go home, the job's over. Like yeah. With, with journalists or, or, or publicists, like you're talking about, or marketing or, or, or you know any of that other stuff, Yeah. the job is until the job is. But, yeah. You know, you're working until it's done. It's not really a matter of, well, I'm leaving, clocking out at 5, that's it. No, somebody calls you at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock with something that needs to be done. You have to go do it. You're going to a screening or you're going to a listening right. session, something, something like that. Yeah. Something. I was at a listening session yesterday till like eleven o'clock at night. And this is from me being up at six in the morning. But but six in the morning is when I wake up to work out. That's on me. I could go to bed if I wanted yeah. to. Same thing with an NBA player. You can skip a workout that day if you're that tired, that stressed. You can tell the coach, hey, maybe we should skip practice. Or maybe we just have limited practice. Or maybe we just run scrimmages real quick. Or, you know, maybe I don't have to do the full workout. I'm a little stressed out. I'm a little tired, coach. Hey, hey, maybe you limit my minutes tonight. We need to – the playoffs are coming up. And maybe instead of playing 35, uh, 35 minutes a night – Maybe you, you, you know, rotate me back to maybe 20 minutes a night or, or 15 even if we're up. Or maybe I sit out the whole fourth quarter if we're up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why, why don't we start doing that? Because the playoffs are coming and I'm going to need fresh legs. I get it. I get it. But all this, we sitting down when we're playing the Clippers, one of the top seeds in the West, and then we're going to come and play the Lakers, which is a cakewalk, and go hard and put up. Yeah. What, how many points did they put up? The three of them? What was it, like, like 100 and something? Yeah, something like that. And they put like 40-something minutes a game. And like, yeah, literally. so, I mean, you look like hypocrites when you do that, man. Nobody buys that. I don't buy that. I don't buy that you can go 40 minutes against the Lakers, but you sat out against the Clippers. And quite frankly, I don't buy it, and the people who are buying it want a refund because they deserve it. This is a big game, and you sat out on a big game for nothing. This is pure wimp business. This should be another policy, then, in the sense that if a star does rest, you have the option to refund your ticket, and you can use that as an excuse. Absolutely. Let them do that. If you tell me you're resting the players, I get a refund right now. The second you announce it, you have to open up the gates for me to get a refund. There should be at least a two-hour stint before a tip-off, between the announcement and tip-off, that I can get my money back. If I didn't use that ticket, like, I can understand, maybe tip-off 15, 20 minutes after tip-off, which which is when a lot of people come strolling into the game. That window of time should be when I'm allowed to go to, I should be able to go to the garden and get a, get a refund. I should be able to go up there and get a refund. Or, if it's on my credit card, I just make a call and reverse the charges. Like, I should be able to get a refund at any and all time once you tell me, you're, and there should be a button that I can click. Why do you want a refund? Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to make the game. Click. Uh, family emergency. Click. Uh, my cat's on fire. Click. Uh, players are resting that I paid to see. Click. Done. 
and my money comes back. No questions asked, no nothing. And the ticket now becomes available. And anybody who wants to go see it can go pick that ticket up. But I get my money back, all my money back. Not not just some of it. Not 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 just a piece of it. I should be able to get it. I'm not going to the game at all because you're not running these players at all. I get all my money back. That's how that should go. You think that fans should also boycott these games in the sense that this this is will wake up the NBA, but will wake up the players in the sense that they want to play in these games. They don't have to be forced to play these national games. Because no one gives a crap about you playing against the Lakers or 76ers or even the lower seeds like the Nets. To, to rest up for those games when you should be resting up really for the national games. I think I think the boycott would be in the form of people getting their money back. That's the financial boycott. It's, it's the, that it, You get the same point across. I get my money back, I make a clear statement. I think that's what you, I think that's what needs to happen. We we need to give the people the option. We need to give the people a way to voice their dissatisfaction in the product. It's true. I mean, that's the only explanation I, I think it's probably the most positive and and right you know sub, something saying about that because we had a lot of these ideas we we just discussed everything about what they should do. But it's really up to what Am Silver and the whole NBA uh, when they have that whole board meeting mm-hmm. they're doing the off season. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna really shorten the season because then that would just look be laughable if they do. Yeah. Or are they gonna just have more rest days? This is as ridiculous as the NFL putting that video together um, to show what's a good celebration and what's not. Yeah, that that see, that was ridiculous too. I mean, if the players can't celebrate when they have a touchdown. That's why they call the NFL league a no, no fun, fun league. league. Yeah, the because, NFL. Because it's almost like you can't do anything. So you can't celebrate. You get a flag for that. You you pretty much just a robot on the field. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going to score. Oh, here's the ball back. You know, on to the next one. I, like, they really are the no fun league. And, and the they NBA. They knock it off. The NBA is trying to be like that too right now. Because if, if you look at it, if, if the players are going to be resting and also these technical fouls that they get, like, you know, they can't do a celebration or if they do a dunk, poster dunk, do a stare down. Oh, it's time to go foul right there. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fun. Yeah, I'm indifferent on the, uh, okay, taunting I think is a thing. But everybody taunts. Yeah, but some people are going to take, some people are going to start a fight. Like, not everybody's going to be cool with you taunting them. You're going you're gonna to bring that to a fight. And we're not talking about you. You don't want players creating grudges between each other, like you know LeBron dunking on somebody and then walking down on him. Okay, that dude jumps up and punches you in the face, you know, because you're allowed to taunt him. And not his. And, and here's the other part. Okay, this is the only time I'm going to concede to the newer, softer, sensitive player of the NBA. These dudes are way too sensitive. They don't have thick enough skin <laughs> to get Sean Kemp dunked on and then pointed at as he runs back down the court. Like, and then after the game, he you know slaps Sean the butt and says, "Good game," you know, and you you just kind of take it that way. They don't want to end up on a poster. These dudes are too sensitive to end up on a poster or or, or anything like that. So that's where I'll say like they're not gonna get tougher mentally. So you kind of have to keep taunting out of it. Physically is a different thing, and I'm not for this resting business. Taunting I can kind of see, but players for the most part are allowed to celebrate. My only problem with my only problem with those technical calls is that they're not even. They're not across the board. LeBron can do something extra, and he doesn't get called for it. 
Melo or somebody else do something, they get a call for it. Like Melo hangs on the rim too long, call it. He don't even dunk no more. LeBron hangs on the rim and rocks it back and forth and then comes down. Nobody calls anything. That's that's the biggest problem with those is that they're inconsistent. You're still allowed to celebrate going back up the court. You know what I mean? You just can't taunt somebody else. The NFL, you can't celebrate when you you can't come up with your own signature thing. Like who's the dude from Washington who draws the arrow and fires it? Oh, from Washington? Nobody had a problem with Cam Newton dabbing. Or doing a Superman. They do the little thing every time. Right, yeah. Or, or Colin Kaepernick when he used to kiss his muscles. like. Or Brady with his spike, the ball, every time he gets to, if he goes in for a touchdown or something yeah, like that. Yeah, come on, man. Like it's, it's and, and honestly, if it's not sexual, I don't care. I'm not going to pretend like that, that twerking that the dude from the Steelers does. That's why brown? Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend that that's cool, dog. You got kids watching. I don't want to see you, yeah, a man in tights, humping the air. As you score a touchdown, nobody wants to make that a part of it. You control yourself. Now, anybody else, all that other stuff that I've seen people doing, yeah, I don't care about that, man. It's funny. It's funny. Nine times out of ten, it's funny. It's a little bit of humor in a very serious game. Let's see what they come up with. It's not like they're in the, in the end zone doing full dance routines. Like, calm down. Let these dudes have some. And these are kids we're talking about. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. They're like, they're kids. So what are you really doing here? Regulating? Come on, man, just stop. I think I, I think it's really though. It speaks to how the game is being played too in the NBA. That's why everybody is soft, and you see you see the resting you play. You also see the the less physical strain on on the players, and and that's why I don't that's why I don't understand why they're complaining because really everything is just three point shooting and less post play, mm-hmm. and you see that the the Cavaliers are not even the good defensive team anymore. They're actually like twenty third or twenty fourth. And the reason why is because all their players are really just finesse players. You know, they're yeah. not really a team that's like... J.R. Smith, Shumpert. Yeah, Shumpert is a good two-way player, but nah, J.R. Smith is not. Shumpert has never improved at all. He's the same guy. Yeah, he, <laughs> nah, his, his shooting's gotten better. Shooting's gotten better, but he's still the same guy. He gets injured like on, every, on like three games or something. Every three games he gets injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.R. Smith, is, he is what he is, but he hasn't been playing well either. And, and Kyle Culver, you know... He's the best players. Darren Williams, another top five pick. Like their roster of bench players is really top number one picks or five top five picks. In they the almost draft. look like they're like they're like the new and improved Clipper bench. Yeah, but the thing is that that bench is so bad still because yeah. Darren Williams is awful still. Richard Jefferson can do so much for you that I think he might be worn out by the playoffs, playing a lot of minutes and playing these games where they stars sit out. I think if they don't get a chip, he's definitely retiring. And I think he, I think he can retire even if they, regardless of if no chip or with a chip. I, I don't know. I don't know if he retires if they get a chip. I know he definitely goes if they don't. Yeah, and then Brawling O'Donnell might leave. Kyle Culver can. I think he's a free agent this year. Might go. Like literally, this is the the time for the Cavaliers to win it. And then yet you see all this this resting and they're not and they're not as tough as before. And, and I don't think they're gonna get the chip this year. Me neither. I think the team is 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 vulnerable right now. And it's not like the Warriors because the Warriors, even without Durant, they're still playing well now. They're playing at a high level. Well, now. they they it's were all... going to. They just had to make the adjustment. Yeah. But there's there's the Warriors. The there's Rockets. the Spurs. The Rockets are underrated. And then there's the Rockets. And then off the East Coast, 
Wizards. There are the Wizards and the Celtics, and neither one of them are afraid of the Cavs. And they're playing at their peaks right now. They're yeah. playing at, at, at rhythm basketball, and the Raptors, if they get healthy, that versatility is going to be That's another effect. one, right. But they got to get healthy in time. But right now, just looking at the board, I mean, dude, I'm, I, I don't – it doesn't look good for the Cavs. It doesn't. And I think there's going to be a time where Lamont's going to play like 45 minutes a game. It's going to be worn out. And then I think injury's going to happen. It's, it's 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 overdue to happen because you can't play that many minutes and expect that you're gonna be healthy. Mm-hmm. And injury's gonna happen, whether you like it or not, LeBron. It's gonna happen, and you know it. Even though all this resting days and everything, he's a punk. He plays the most minutes, gets all these stats, and yet doesn't play a national game. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much like that's pretty much it, though. But before we end the show here, there's one thing I wanted to say. I read this story about how Tinder is helping NBA players perform well on the road. <laughs> I don't understand how, how that works. Maybe the swiping left and right or saying yes or no pumps them up to play better on the court. Uh, no, but you figure if, if, you're not, if you're not running around spending a bunch of time trying to get sex, if like sex is kind of already... Uh, taken care of it's like one less thing to worry about yeah so you have sex you're relaxed she goes home everybody's great you just lay there and go to sleep as opposed to needing to go out to the club staying out all night yeah. popping bottles so this might a actually chick. be a good thing yeah but in a way where it's just using an app for it you you i i here's what i like about it they actually get to stay out of trouble <laughs> They actually stay away from the potential for trouble. Now, if they're not screening these girls or vetting these girls or, like, you know, the girls are trying to set them up or something like that, well, then now we, we might have a problem. But you figure a hotel security isn't going to let a girl and a bunch of guys come up to the room. You know what I mean? Team security is not going to let a girl and a bunch of guys come up to the room. If it's just one girl, then, yeah, she's coming up to the hotel room by herself. And maybe she steals something out of the room if she can. Maybe she doesn't. Or maybe he made it a point to get all of his valuables into his boys' room. Or he just left them on the team bus or something. You know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, yet in one way or the other, they don't have to hit the club all night and stay out and get a chick and then take her home and then do whatever yeah. and then send her off. This way, hey, I'm already in your town. I'm coming by. What you want to do? No, just, I, I, hey, if it keeps him out of trouble. Yeah, this is what it is. Also, uh, before we end the show, shout out to uh, the uh, USA winning the World Baseball Classic. I think it's a step in the right direction for this this USA team and the international and for years to come. Hopefully, the World Baseball Classic is played in the spring. I mean, uh, well, not in the spring, in the winter after the season is over. That is the real World Series right there. That's the real World Series? That's the real World <laughs> Series. Like, you know, Years the World Series has been America versus America. I know world. It should <laughs> this be American real, series. Yeah, seriously. this is the real World Series. I think you should send the World Series winning team to go play, or like an All Star band. Whatever, whatever. However they're doing it, whatever. I just like the idea of international competition. Yeah, it's good. Come out. On I just top. wish they played it in more in the winter, not in the season, because then injuries happen and you know managers start to go crazy about their players being injured during the which is gonna play. which is gonna conflict with things. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. So, you know, that's it for today's show. We had an informal conversation of the NBA about everything. And we'll, of course, speak more about it next week as the season comes to a close for the postseason. Keep tanking, Knicks. Yeah, keep, keep tanking. tanking. Just keep, keep tanking. tanking. Yeah. Just, just keep. They've been losing steadily so far it's by a couple good. points. I'm yeah. loving it. It's the best. I've, this, is the, this is the only time I've ever been happy that the Knicks <laughs> are losing. 
And I'm so weird. I'm going to two games. My birthday is coming up. Um, my birthday is April 3rd. I'm going to the Knicks game on April 2nd and another one on April 4th. And I'm hoping they lose both of them. I'm showing up with my Rose jersey. I, I need them to lose both. And, uh, yeah, just get closer and closer to a good draft pick. For a point guard. Yeah, whatever. Top tier point guards. Whatever. Whatever. Just get a number. Just get somewhere in the top five of the draft. I'll be yeah, hopefully. Well, that's going to do it for today. You can follow us on Twitter and at Slantion4360 on the Facebook page. You can follow me at Morinus10. You can follow me at MRMECC, Mr. Mech. And you can follow the big Dunkin' website on Twitter at the Dunkin' 60 because there can only be one. See you next week. Peace.